Have you ever wondered what is really happening behind the curated feed of your favorite influencers and brands? The Social Sessions Podcast gets the real story. I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, a creative director and social media manager. Between the two of us, we have 13 years of experience in the social media world. Welcome back to Social Sessions Podcast, you guys. It's Tara and I today. I like say that every time I intro. It's Tara and I. Like we aren't the co-hosts of the show. The podcast. Like I don't know who else you guys would expect on the pod, but it's Here me and Audrey. And, and me, Tara. Tara. So today we are going to be going over some 2023 social media predictions. Some of this is like trending stuff, and most of this is more so what we expect from the platforms. But before we get into that, we normally do a tip of the week. This week, it's not so much of a tip as it is an update. You may have heard us talk about the Pinterest Creator Fund a few episodes back. We were talking about the different creator funds on different platforms. So we touched on the Pinterest one. And I have terrible news for you guys. It has been shut down. So um, you might have heard about it on TikTok too. I was seeing a lot of TikToks about the creator fund. And I feel like a lot of people really liked it from what I heard. Like creators really liked it. But it has been shut down. Pinterest announced they're shutting down their creator fund after about, I think it was open for about a year and a half. Um, so basically, if you didn't know what it was, the program was basically for idea pins only. Pinterest would kind of say, these are the idea pins that you need to make, whatever. You check them, you make them, you check it off, you get a check from Pinterest. From my understanding, that's a very, very simplified version. But yeah, they said they're closing it. This is straight from Pinterest. They said they're closing the program, in quotes, in order to focus on other creator programs and features. And then it says Pinterest is still keeping up with shoppable idea pins and paid partnerships by converting idea pins into ads. So they want to be clear that you can still make money on Pinterest, just not as easily, it appears. Yeah. I wonder so, why. Do you That's think it's a, just the co- competition of the other platforms that they're just like, we can't I don't even think it was that. Like, I feel like it was competitive to get in. I think they had creators that wanted to be a part of it because it was so hyped up. Like I, like I said, I was seeing a lot of TikToks about it and people were like, this is the easiest money I've ever made. So I wonder if they were quite literally just giving away too much cash and not seeing a ton in return for it because – I think people were making a decent amount of money on there. I was seeing a lot of people be like, I made $4,000 this month just from Pinterest. Yeah, like good money. And I think they had set aside originally when they opened it up, I think they said they set aside half a million dollars for the creator fund and then added another million in it this year, I believe. So I think they were working with like, I don't know, 1.7 overall, something like that. I watched a YouTube short the other day where a girl kind of explained how much she made from like a 10, 10 million views on YouTube shorts. Like she was very transparent on it. Only $400. I believe it. It's like That's kind of what I've heard about TikTok too. Also not to get into the controversy of creator funds, but I've heard not great things about the Instagram reels bonus play. I've seen a few people be like, I joined the bonus play, the reels bonus play and my views significantly dropped. And I was like, damn, that's happened to us too. 
Like our views dropped a lot since we joined the. Do we want to join the marketplace, the TikTok? Well, that's why I'm like, I don't freaking know because I, again, that's conspiracy. There's really nothing backing that up, but I've just seen a few TikToks being like, it's like Instagram offers to pay you and then shuts down your views so they don't have to pay you. Conspiracy. I cannot stress that enough. This is conspiracy. (laughs) But I'm like something maybe to look into. It really could be. So that's your update is that Pinterest shut down their creator fund. Bummer. I wish I had a soundboard to give you a little crying sound. I'm kind of bummed about it. (laughs) Were you really go? Were you going hard on it? Yeah, I was trying to go in. I'm like, I reached like three. I mean, I don't have a ton of followers, but like I got to like 350, I think pretty quickly. And you only needed 250, I think. But the thing is with the Pinterest thing, like I wasn't able to apply because I missed every deadline where they, they only opened it like three or four times. Like, it's not like you could just apply whenever it was only like for this week you can apply and we're looking for these kind of creators. So I did miss the last two and considering there was only, I think four openings. I miss half of them. It doesn't matter now. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that's done. Well, so maybe their next, maybe their next thing will have more, um, like you said, maybe there'll be more opportunity, more money. Yeah, they said they're still they're still working on something for a creator program. I just like this is again all speculation, but I'm kind of just assuming with the numbers that were being thrown out on how much people were making that they were giving out a lot more money than they were seeing in return. Like I think I think it drove creators to the platform, but those creators didn't bring their followers over. Which I kind of assume is why they did it, right? If you're having these creators make mm-hmm. content just for Pinterest, I think the assumption is that maybe the followers would follow them or you would get, you know, more people on the platform because I do think Pinterest has been struggling to get new people on the platform. Yeah, I think so too. So maybe it just wasn't, they weren't getting enough traction from the program. So that's your update. Before we jump into our predictions, you guys already know what we're going to say. So maybe go on and give us a review. Give us a rating. Maybe. Hey, we got some reviews last week. I bet I asked for them and people people showed up. (laughs) I asked people to. I'm like, my mom is reviewed. So you guys... (laughs) My if you would reviewed. like to take my mom's word for it, she doesn't lie. Like she's a teacher. <laughs> she's a good person. And if she hated the podcast, she wouldn't say it's good. So right. I don't know if that's going to sway you guys. If it doesn't, think about it this way. We're right around the holidays, right? We're right around the holidays. And you might be thinking, I wish that I could give my favorite podcasters a gift. You might be saying, I wish I could send them a gift or a Starbucks or something. We don't need that, you guys. All we need is your reviews. <laughs> That's right. So if you had like any sort of feeling that you wanted to give us a gift, just give us a review. And if you've already given us a review, send the podcast to a friend to give us a review. Oh, that would be sweet. Or just send this podcast to anyone you know in social media. Absolutely spam your friends in social media with this podcast. So something to consider, you guys, if you're feeling jolly. Jolly. So now we're actually going to jump into the topic. Yeah, the topic of the episode, some predictions for 2023. 
So number one, you guys are going to roll your eyes at this one. Transparency from brands is only going to become more important. Now, I'm not saying that we've been predicting this for the last year of this podcast, but we've been predicting this for about 12 months so far. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Exactly. What is the word? Authentic. Authentic. That That should have been, you know how they do like Webster's Dictionary word of the year? Mm -hmm. That should have been it. That's what I'm saying. This year it was gaslighting, but it should have been authentic. Authenticity. Yeah. So we think, um, not we think, I think everybody kind of sees this coming, right? Transparency with brands. It's just going to become more important. And if you don't believe me, I've got some numbers to back it up. According to Sprout Social, 86% of Americans believe transparency from businesses is more important than ever. So basically where we're getting with that is consumers expect businesses to kind of nurture an actual human connection with their audience. They expect to build an emotional connection, just a relationship with the business more so than just being sold to at this point. Because we've seen it with so many brands that it's kind of becoming the norm. And by the norm, I mean more so with like bigger businesses. But I think this year it's going to trickle down into really all businesses. Like it's it's just what has to be done. And you can see that honestly even outside of social media, right? Because like, even if you look at some commercials, there's some that the ones that really like tug on your heartstrings that like tell a story. It's yeah. another way for a brand to connect with you emotionally. Chick-fil-A is doing it right now, dude. Have you seen Oh, is, the ones of them like sitting on the couch and being like, this is my experience with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seriously. I may have cried. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that is so sweet. They gave you extra chicken nuggets when it was raining out. I can't believe they did that for you and your child. No, but like if you can see it, this is what I mean. If you can see it for on like such a big platform like that, like in commercials, it's obviously going to trickle down into social media. We've already been seeing it. I just think it's going to become more important just because there are some brands that are still really salesy on social media. They're just pushing you know, this is our product by our product versus now it's so important to have like a story and a connection with your audience. So also kind of in this mix, which I thought was interesting and worth bringing up is that people want to see the founder. I didn't put the number in here, but I think it was something like 68%, 70%, something like that of people that were surveyed in this survey said they like seeing the founder. They like getting to know the founder and having that relationship with whoever started the business. So that's why this this next number, I don't, statistic, that's the word I was looking for, is 
CEOs have the power to make a positive impact impact when they're transparent, according to 71% of millennial I've customers. heard that too, actually, in reading that book, but it was more like it kind of compared like the founder to the brand. Like many people will follow the brand, but then it's a different connection when they're following the founder. Like if you're following yeah. Vayner, Vaynerchuk Media or Vayner Media or Gary Vee, like which you follow both. Um, but you're more drawn to the Gary content. Well, than it's you are. the same thing. I think Sophia Amorusa did this so well. It's like, I didn't follow nasty gal. I followed yeah. Sophia Amoruso. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because I cared yeah. about her. And then that allows you to, this is like kind of a sidebar on this, but it allows you to pivot so well. Right. And we've seen her do it so well. She doesn't own nasty gal anymore. She started girl boss. She doesn't own girl boss anymore. She started like, first class or like business class, I think is what it's called. But it's like, I only know that because I follow her. I didn't follow her companies. Yeah. So kind of in that transparency, in that um, relationship building is also the having the founder involved, having a face involved. I do think it is more helpful when it's the founder, but I think having somebody there to build a human connection, which I've said this 8 million times on this podcast, but people relate to people, right? And people buy from brands that they trust. And you can create that trust so much easier when there's like some sort of human in your content. Yeah, that's true. I should probably be better at it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're in it though. You're in it like when you can be. But the other thing... I show I my face. Though, you like, know what I mean? Yeah, There's you, a person. There is a person. I think though too, like in that sense, like it, it's like you're, yeah, when you're in it, it's hard to really find the time or even see yourself in a way that you could do that. Um, yeah. That's what I've struggled with anyway. So kind of goes back to that personal branding, but that's a bit of a sidebar. That is a sidebar. That's a whole episode. But everybody needs, even influencers that are listening or like really honing in on your personal brand is is going to be very important in 2023 um, for influencers too. Yeah. Like I, I think what you, like you nurturing even your personal brand, like it builds a connection in a different way too. Yeah. And then people want to know what you do for work. Like it's just the combination of all of it. Yeah, I agree. So transparency, authenticity, you guys have heard it before, but we're just letting you know again. Number two, I feel like I'm going to get some arguments on this and I'm going to get some people that are happy about this. And that is that Instagram is going to focus more on their creator economy. And I know everybody's been dogging on Instagram all year. And I feel like we're the only freaking ones left that are like, no, stay on Instagram. Um. Every time I make any sort of video on TikTok about Instagram updates, I get a million comments being like, just leave Instagram. Like, why are you giving us Instagram updates? We don't want them. I'm actually not on the platform anymore. But I'm here to say that I really think Instagram is going to focus even more on their creator economy. So if you are an influencer, specifically any sort of content creator, I would stay on Instagram, because if you listen to our previous episode where we talked about the three newest Instagram updates, I think it was two weeks ago now, 
you would have heard us say that these are all pretty creator-focused updates. The subscriptions, the um, scheduling on Reels. I don't remember what the other ones, but you can tag your um, content now like with topics, which I think really only benefits creators. And most of the topics on there only benefit creators because I'll go in there as a business and I'm like, I'm not talking about friendship. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I know there's it, nothing for businesses on there. I'm that's like, what I'm saying. So I'm like, it's definitely meant for creators. Um, there's not as many business topics that are there. I'm trying to go in there and be like, esthetician, yeah, skincare is the know. only one that I can highlight. Right. Yeah. So things like that, like just things that they've been doing, I think is an indication that they're going to be working on their creator economy. The fact that freaking Adam, what's his name? Masori comes on all the time, like shows his face, feels like every time he talks, it feels like he's directing this content directly to creators, right? He's like, if you're Mm -hmm. creating on Instagram, you're talking to influencers, which is great. And then obviously the creator marketplace that they have going on, I don't know a ton about it. They launched it earlier this year. I know it's very much been in the works. I've heard a few people say that they applied for it or they put in all their information and then didn't really hear anything else about it until like the last like two weeks or something. I think they're very much, if you guys are familiar with Aspire and if you're an influencer, you should be familiar with Aspire. If you're not, definitely get on there because they have an influencer type of portal where you can pitch yourself to brands. You can see what upcoming campaigns they have going on and you can kind of put in a bid for that campaign. I think that's very much what Instagram is trying to do with this creator economy situation that they have on there. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be kind of a place where brands and influencers brands can connect. connect. Yeah. Hmm. So if any of that, like that all feels very much like proof that Instagram yeah. is trying to nurture its relationships with influencers and creators. So We might be the only ones telling you, but don't give up on Instagram yet, you guys. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think so either. And I think like maybe finally they're hearing, you know, they're understanding how big of an impact creators have on their platform. They're the ones that keep the people there. Yeah. Number three is... Micro-influencers are going to be the move, you guys. Now, I did do some research on this one because obviously we all know what a micro-influencer is. We all know what a nano-influencer is, just the smaller scale influencers. And I just think they're going to get even bigger. I think they're going to get a lot more brand deals next year because... Most companies, when I was doing my research, most companies, small businesses, I should say, have never worked with influencers. I think it was something like 70 to 80%, like over majority of small companies have not worked with influencers simply because of the cost to entry. Mm-hmm. Basically, they they don't have the finances to pay the influencers. However, a lot of micro influencers are getting paid like a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars a campaign of a video, I should say. But I think these smaller businesses think, you know, you think of influencer, you think of somebody with millions of followers. Yeah, you might not be able to afford them, but you can afford like Jordan, who has seven thousand followers. You know what I mean? Or you can the cook 
that has like 5,000 followers. You know what I mean? Like you can definitely work with smaller influencers. And I think that companies are going to start recognizing that. We just did a whole campaign with a small business where we didn't have a ton of money for the campaign as a whole. Yeah, we didn't have a huge budget, but we could work with, you know, 20 some micro influencers with the budget that we had. And that was a very small company started this year, very small company. So I think that they're going to get a lot bigger because I do think people are starting to recognize the power and the impact that these micro influencers have. Yeah, I think so too. Especially with, there's so many resources. I had thought about this with, there's so many resources online of like how to be an influencer, how to make the best content, blah, blah, blah. So like anybody can really do this if they put the time into it. You know what I mean? So there's so many options, which I also think is, a perk to using a micro influencer is that they can be super niche Mm -hmm. and it only benefits your company. Like the nicher they are, the closer they align with your company, the better, right? Because if they're super, super niche, they're like, I'm just going to talk about taxidermy and you're (laughs) a taxidermy company. I don't know. That just came to mind because that's so niche. But like, if that's all they talk about and you're a taxidermy company, they're like 7,000 followers are interested in taxidermy versus like, if you tried to, if you tried to market a taxidermy company on Charlie D'Amelio's account, people would be like, what the hell is this? You'd get like no return on that. (laughs) That was an interesting one. I feel like I just like, I feel like you were zoned out. And then I said taxidermy and you were like, what the hell is she talking about? What? Like a an influencer in the niche of taxidermy like show me one i'm hold on hold the one i'm gonna look it up because i can guarantee there's one tax how do you spell taxidermy tag oh my god it's like the seventh result i don't like looking at it yes there i found is? four i found four she, oh my god she has 1.5 million followers National champion taxidermist. So if we have any taxidermy companies listening, at Ashley Eve is probably a great get for you. Yeah. Insane. Her videos do really well too. Good for her. That is wild. So. Yeah. Nothing is off limits in in a creative. No, literally. That's the thing about micro influencers is they could talk about anything. There's a creator for everything. There's an influencer for everything. She's have you seen micro. she's mega no she's huge she's big you could have content about anything really i'm sure there's exterminators out there yeah. that have a platform mm-hmm. if oh, dentistry man. can go viral anything can go viral that's very true so that is true <clears throat> i think micro influencers are going to be huge so don't get super bummed if you're a micro influencer also you guys know how i feel about like virality it's overrated anyways so just vibe with your follower count vibe with your follower account lastly i think local marketing is going to be even bigger we talked about a while ago i don't know when we talked about this but we said tiktok was testing kind of a local feed Mm mm-hmm they weren't testing it anywhere in the U.S. I think it was like somewhere in, I don't even know, like Southeast Asia or something. 
but they were testing like beta testing essentially just a local feed you know how you have like the following and then you can yeah tab over. i think that's a good I, I think that's so good no i think so too and i think it's great for local businesses right like you could find mm-hmm. new restaurants you can find new things to do with your friends new bars whatever it is that you're looking for but finding it in your area it kind of already does that i get tiktoks all the time for like this is a restaurant you need to try in nashville this is or if i travel this is where you need to go in new york and i'm like damn how do they know so i think local stuff is going to get even bigger and on instagram they've kind of revamped their geotag situation i don't know if you saw this they did it a few months ago but when you click hmm? location like it pulls up exact location no that i'm like turn that off you guys turn the precise location thing off but that's (laughs) not what i was talking about there's like if you click the geotag Oh, yeah. Okay. So I just clicked Nashville. Okay. And there's a hundred related guides. So you can click on that and you can find guides and you can look at the map. And then it kind of shows like where everybody's posting from, which is kind of cool. So it's and you can do search this area. That's actually really cool. Oh, my gosh. You click search this area, and then you can do – it says restaurants, cafes, sites, hotels, parks, and gardens. And then it pulls up, like, some of the most popular places that people are posting at in that area. That is big. So, like, you can do it's that like anywhere. It's like Yelp. It's like all of – it's like um, – Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's only going to grow. I'm surprised Instagram hasn't um, – like push that even more. I've seen a few people talk about it, but it's a pretty cool feature. Like almost like I I don't know about you guys, but when I look for like a place to eat, I usually just look on Google or I look on TikTok. But if I'm just like what's near me, I'll go to my like Google Maps and just kind of like zoom out, right? And be like, what's in the nearby area? This is like that on Instagram, which I feel like is even better because I do like to look for restaurants on Instagram because I like to see pictures. Yeah. So as it pertains to um, local marketing too, for influencers, right? Like, and micro local influencers, like that's where I think there's just a big opportunity there for local, small city, small, even big city, whatever, to really gain access to some of the, like start pitching to those brands, you know, the ones. Yeah. The local local brands. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I think local marketing is going to be pretty big. And don't overlook that, you guys. Like I said, or like Tara just said, like pitch yourself to local brands because especially if it's a service, like I think med spas love to work with people, like even us with plastic surgery offices, dental offices, mm-hmm. things like that that are service-based because they can only – provide for people yeah they can only reach so far they can only provide to people in your location so if you work with them and most of your following is based in your location that's going to be good for them and then it can be good for you so that's kind of our predictions for 2023 let us know what you guys think make sure to follow us at social sessions podcast follow us on tiktok at tj creatives agency And sign up for our newsletter. You get some special deals. You run some sales that are very specific to the newsletter. um, And you kind of get to be the first to to know about any announcements. That's right. Cool. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Next week it is.
Bye. Bye, guys.